Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm delighted to be joined by Zach Christensen, and we're going to be asking, what do the Americans think of Brexit? Zach, most Brits now are quite embarrassed, I think, about the Brexit situation. We like to sort of present this image of competence and intelligence and, and, and a highly functional con- country to the world. And there's a sort of feeling that the political paralysis, the crisis over Brexit is embarrassing to us and embarrassing internationally. And I'm just wondering as an American whether you think it is. So I think that, you know, the way that the American left thinks about Brexit is very much the same way that the British left think about Brexit, which is that Brexit was an embarrassment and that they shouldn't be leaving the EU. It was racist. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of the things that, yes, all of the things that they would say. What I think is really embarrassing right now for a lot of people is, is watching what's unfolding and, you know, may not being able to get a deal and sort of the, the, the fighting that's going on and, you know, votes of no confidence. And actually, it's quite entertaining for an American to watch. I probably, uh, similar to the way people around the world thought, it was very entertaining to watch Trump campaign. He's been uh, great value. Still it's is. great entertainment value. <laughs> and so, you know, it's something that doesn't necessarily directly affect us, although it, it does, obviously. But it's, uh, it's, it's exciting to watch. And it's educational for a lot of Americans to watch unfold. You were explaining some of the, the nuances of, of how this all goes down to me the other day about votes of no confidence and when you can uh, call a vote of no confidence and if you can call a general election again, things Serious like that. bluffing, because I'm, <laughs> I'm no good on parliamentary procedure. But yes, I mean, I think that the New York Times, I think it must have been about, it was probably around the end of 2016 that somebody did a piece about how, you know, we seem to be competing with each other could, in, who, as to who could be more crazy. And I think that's a very sort of lefty take on it, you know, like, we, you should both be depressed about the state of politics. But I mean, I think whereas... You know, Trump is obviously quite embarrassing to a lot of Americans, but he, so far, before the shutdown, had projected quite a sort of competent image to the world, surprisingly, surprising elements of competence. Maybe this is because I'm a self-hating Brit, but I think the sort of Trump situation is more coherent than Brexit. That's an interesting take. It's a very interesting take. You disagree? I think I would disagree. I mean, obviously, what's going on right now with Brexit is, yes, extremely chaotic. But it does at least seem to appear that there are adults in the room, some adults who have ideas about what needs to happen. They just can't seem to make anything happen. Yeah. Well, I did a piece. I did a piece called Donald Trump Does Brexit. And I meant it to be a joke. But as I was writing it, I started actually thinking it would be a lot better if he were because absolutely i mean i think that we, you and i have talked about this in the past and that is well first off it's it's crazy to me that theresa may has not taken up donald trump on any of his offers which i guess are unconfirmed offers but certainly trump is no fan of the eu mm. so one tweet from trump saying you know if the eu doesn't give you know uh, britain a better deal we'll start our own trade we'll start our own organization with britain or we'll we'll give you know we'll pull, we'll stop trading with the eu one 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 errant tweet will make the you know will change the entire ball game and i don't understand why may, like why may hasn't engaged on this front well as i understand it it was a sort of she's a she's a kind of technocrat and she's not sort of politically correct she's she does have a sort of political correctness about her and it was probably this sense that trump is like toxic and that she doesn't want her, her sort of political brand to be caught up in his. 
which I think is very foolish when he's the leader of the most powerful country in the world. It seems ill thought out when you're trying to get the best deal for your country. Yes. Right? Her job is to her job is to represent. Her job is to get the best deal for for Britain. Yeah, and, and I mean sad. another yeah. another. I mean apparently, what the case she made to Trump when Trump said it was it would just it would cause too many problems with with the EU if if she were to do that. But again, I think that's short-sighted and, and shows a kind of inability to understand the art of the deal, which, of course, Trump of course. understands very well. <laughs> of course. Well. Of course, yeah. But, OK, let's say as, as an American businessman, what would be your approach? What do you think? How, how do you think Brexit is, can resolve itself? So, I, I mean, this is the view of an American who knows very little about how all of this works. But what I under – I mean – it's Sometimes I, it's better to know this. I watch, I, I watch parliamentary politics happen from afar mm. and I see prime ministers resigning all of the time and I don't understand why May is still prime minister. I can't figure it out. Like what power or leverage does she have? And isn't that usually when a prime minister resigns? And so – I think fear of Corbyn is the great – Sure. But I think – correct me if I'm wrong, but her holding out actually improves Corbyn's position, right? It, yes. it, it, only, it only emboldens the possibility that Corbyn is the next prime minister because you can eventually go vote of no confidence, vote of no confidence over and over again until you get to a general election. Yes. I suppose the Tories hope that at some point Brexit will somehow resolve itself and then they can get on with beating Corbyn. But I agree with you that – he, he's been getting stronger as a, as a result of May's obvious ineptitude. Yeah. Well, so, I, so look, you know that I am an ardent Boris Johnson. Yep. I want to say I'm a supporter of Boris Johnson. Yep. I'm a fan of what I think that he could accomplish if he were in charge of Brexit. And, and for, look, from, from my perspective, looking at this, again, as an outsider, I don't see how Britain can get a good deal right now. Mm. And essentially no deal means... You know, it's not that Britain will never trade with the EU again, right? So no deal just means no deal for now mm. until we exit. You know, I think you have to elect. I think you have to put Boris in the PM seat, have him just do a, a no deal, and let him start renegotiating with a fresh start in what seventy some days, sixty nine, sixty eight days. Yes. Well, the the problem for that is that Boris probably can't get past at the moment. I don't think he can get past the first round of voting if there were to be a leadership sure, sure. contest. But I mean, I'm interested in the, in the, in your admiration for Boris because you're also a big Churchill fan, and a lot mm-hmm. of Americans do love Churchill. There's almost a sort of cult of Churchill emotion. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, there is. <laughs> totally proud of it. Yes, and I think you, you know what that that that's Boris has sort of deliberately perhaps cultivated this Churchillian air around himself. He Absolutely, wrote he wrote a book yeah. basically comparing himself to him. Yeah. And that annoys a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people think that's sort of grandiose of him. Yeah. Yeah, but well. you think that's kind of awesome. <laughs> I think it's great. I, 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 maybe I'll do it one day. Just, <laughs> <laughs> if that's all you have to do. No, I, I think that there, I mean, this is going to sound so silly, but I think there are parallels between the two men, especially yeah. in this situation. Churchill was was hated by so many people, right, until he came to power in 1940. And but he was the right leader at the right time. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who just absolutely hate Boris. Obviously, lots of people absolutely hate Boris and think he's a complete goofball. But I actually don't know who else can lead Britain through Brexit right now. I mean, who is there? There's really nobody. I mean, obviously, there's, there's a lot of candidates bandied about, but there's just nobody who has, I think, the sort of wherewithal and bravado that you need. Sort of, in, in a way, it is almost Trumpian, it, like this Trumpian bravado to get you through. I mean, I don't think he's anything like Trump. Well, a lot, let's talk about that. But, a lot of people do 
compare Boris to Trump. Nick Clegg called him Trump with a thesaurus. Yeah, we were talking earlier that maybe we should do a piece on why the elites hate Boris Johnson. Because I can't see it. It's like the comparisons between him and Trump are sort of ridiculous. Because there's really not... I don't see them. You know, I couldn't imagine... You know, Boris was giving a speech today and did like 40 minutes of Q&A in front of a, a, a dump truck, which I guess is that sort of Trumpian. But Well, there's, yeah, there is a little bit of Boris derangement syndrome in Britain and in the way that he annoys the elite. Yeah. And, and it's very, you know, Londoners probably having, although he, he was one, two elections in London. Right, exactly. Which is a very Labour city. But if you talk to a lot of Londoners, they'll, they'll say how much they hate him. Or if you talk to a lot of rich Londoners, they'll say how much they hate him. And I think it's partly a sense of, perhaps a partly a sense of class betrayal, that, you know, he's, he's kind of pretending to be a populist. That's what really winds people up. But they are, as you, as you say, they're very different figures. They may look a tiny bit similar. They've got similar They shapes. actually, in similar colored hair, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is sort of high level. <laughs> right. No, but I, I yeah, the, I think the comparisons are absurd other than, you know, he is this sort of populist figure, but he's actually, I think, an extremely intelligent populist figure who I think is the right person right now to, 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 to lead Britain through, you know, what, act, what needs to be done. So it would be interesting if Boris were to become prime minister, if I wonder there would be a similar sort of conspiracy around him as there has been with Trump. This, yesterday, of course, we've heard that Trump is accused of having encouraged Michael Cohen or ordered even Michael Cohen to lie, which, of course, would be obstruction, which would be illegal. And that could mean he, he is impeached, but we just don't know. And this is the thing about the Mueller inquiries. It drags on and on and on, and we just don't know. We, we said this, uh, so today... If you went anywhere on t- you know watching cable television or on Twitter or anywhere else, you sort of have these running commentaries. It's a lot of arguing back and forth over this news story that there's really it's all you have is a news story, right? Mm-hmm. So whether Trump is is guilty of obstruction or not guilty of obstruction, or you know if he's guilty, he's going to be impe- he can be impeached, and if he's not guilty, then they want to impeach him over it. But Arguing over back and forth is just so. I'm I'm so bored of this. There's only one one person or or one group of people who really understand what's going on and the breadth of this in- investigation. And sort of the the back and forth arguing over the last six months has gotten just really tiresome. But also, I often think the people who are most into this story and who most want you know a dark conspiracy to be true are are shooting themselves in the foot because they hype every single tiny bit of information each time and i mean this buzz even this buzzfeed story which everyone said is like the biggest bombshell yet it's it's big if it's true but it doesn't make the case that it's true it just it's uh, and if i mean if he were to be impeached even on sort of reasonably good grounds you could be talking about sort of civil unrest i mean a lot of people in britain are talking about you know, the potential of civil unrest in relation to Brexit, if Brexit is sort of thwarted, if the will of the people is thwarted. And there could be, you know, there's a lot of Trump enthusiasts and they're slightly better armed than Brexit enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always, I think it's always ridiculous when you hear stuff like that. I mean, of yeah. course, I mean, yeah, maybe there'll be protests in the streets, as there often are. But I don't know, the idea of armed insurrection seems pretty far-fetched to me. Well, we'll talk in 2021. Yes. 
Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a spectator moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. 